All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? This is WTF, my podcast. Welcome to it. Um, how, how are you? You all right? I want to clear something up. A few people noticed this, and I, I'm bad with names. Ekparagin. Naomi Ekparagin. I know I said Ekparagin. I know, because I, it's, not, it's not a matter of disrespect. It's not even a matter of not listening. I just get something in my head, and I can barely remember names to begin with, and I lock in. It's ridiculous. I have a woman that's going to be opening for me a bit out in the road, uh, Lara, La- and I still can't do it right. Lara. Why is that so hard? Lara bites. Lara. Lara, Lara. Laura, Lara. Wait, it's, it's, I can't. There's just some things I can't. I don't know if it's old or it's a blame, a, a blame glitch. Is it a blame glitch? It's a brain glitch. A brain glitch? Fuck me. Naomi Ikparagin. I'm sorry to her and to, to the people that that annoyed. It annoys me more in retrospect. You know, it's hard to Ikparagin, Ikparagin. It's, it's slight, but a name's a name. Look, today though, listen to me. Today I'm going to talk to Orny Adams. Now, this is sort of a big deal. It's a big deal in a lot of ways in retrospect. Now, after I've done it, it's a big deal. So, Orny Adams has really, I didn't have a beef with him, but man, did he annoy me and rub me the wrong way. And man, was I sort of, you know, kind of just really shut down around him and a bit, a bit of a bully to him in a way. Just, I just was really tried to keep him at arm's length. He really got under my skin. And the thing is, I've never denied the fact that he can do comedy. The guy can kill, you know, he kills this guy. But for a decade or more, maybe two decades, he just, every time I saw him, I was like, ugh, I can't take it. I can't take it. Why? I don't know. Because he's a little bit, he's, he's, uh, there's something about him that's fundamentally a little annoying. But, but I never really talked to him for any, at length. And look, he was in that documentary comedian, which did him no favors. But I just decided I mean, some of you know him from that. Most of you know, a lot of the older people know him from the comedian documentary, Jerry Seinfeld doc. You know, he was the annoying guy. Uh, but, you know, we all had different feelings about, you know, the attention he got during the shooting. And that if you were in New York watching it happen. But anyways, maybe you know him from MTV, uh, the MTV series Teen Wolf. Now, this is, uh, this is, you know, his, this is bread and butter. But, you know, he's, he can fucking kill with the stand-up. But he, I just... He really fucking annoyed me. And there's other people that really fucking annoy me. And it's like, why bother even you know, saying that or acting? It doesn't matter. His, it does, he doesn't have any impact on my life. So I realized recently that it's like, dude, you know, we're getting older. Let's make this right. Let's figure it out. Let's have him over and talk it out. And I got much more than I bargained for about really the impact that doing that documentary, which does not make him look good. And I used to I used to hand out this article about about him that was written for Harper's uh, about uh, the Montreal Fest. Uh, I think it was called Six Minutes of Funny. I used to have it on my hard drive because I think it was one of the greatest articles written about a comic in, in a horrendous way. But but it was very honest. And I brought that up like it was a positive thing during this interview. And he's like, oh, God, like this guy has had the, and it's, this is not cancel culture. This is some other, this is not, you, you know, doing something wrong. This is something hanging over a guy because it made him look bad. 
and it made people think he was annoying and difficult to work with. And it stuck. So this documentary he did like 20 years ago has hung over him. And when we talk about it, I don't know how he dealt with it really. Well, I do. I'm going to talk to him about it. But I mean, but it's like he couldn't get out from under it. And it's still sort of happening. I mean, and I'm sort of, yeah, I'm part of that. I mean, I'm part, there are a lot of us comics are like, you know, there's something, look, you know, he can do the job, but there, he's like, there's something unnerving about the guy. It's very earnest, works very hard, very intense, but you know, get, it's, it, it's, he's, he's, there's something about him. And the documentary kind of uh, solidified it. And I don't think he's had an opportunity to really give his side of it or or talk about it frankly and it just sort of that happened here with me i didn't expect that i didn't know what to expect and i actually ended the thing and then we had to turn it back on because there was more it just ended up you know and i just had to i was really concerned that i would bust his balls or bully him or or be kind or, or be a dick to him which i've been for 20 years i had to fight it i laughed cried instead i kind of laughed cried instead but anyways this as a in terms of being a comedian interview, this is sort of, this is a big one. It's a big one. And I just, I just said like, fuck it. I'm going to have him on and get to the bottom of this. All right, look. So I back from Albuquerque and, uh, you know, I'm flabby as fuck. I never feel great. And I, I don't know if you know this, but like seven or eight months ago, it's a long time ago. I went to some holistic practitioner, a Chinese medicine doctor who's not Chinese, but I got referred to him. You know, a, a guy knew a guy. I think it was Flanny at Largo said, I can't remember which uh, celebrity friend of his went to this doctor, you know, to just get a tune up. You know, so I, look, I, I'm, I'm not all in uh, Western medicine. Like I have an open mind, but I also know that, you know, you have to have a regular doctor and then you can do this nonsense. And I'm not saying that in a condescending way, but but I went to this doctor with the general. He's like, what's right away? The guy's in my face. He's like, what can I, what, do you, what is it? What's going on with you? He's like, he's all in, you know, he's like, he's charming. He's doing this dance. It's like, what can I, what are we going to fix? Where are we going with this? What's going on? Tell me your life. What do you got? And it's like, it's a lot of juice. It's a lot of sales juice. But we laid out. I said, well, I don't know. I just don't feel great. You know, I'm 58. And I told him, you know, we went over some of the, from my health records. I brought all my tests to him. So this was the idea that this guy's going to do every test of everything to check all the levels of all things. This is the this is the sham of it. But also, look, man, if you believe, you believe, right? I'm not shitting on the guy. All right, he, I like the attention. I enjoy taking tests. I enjoy numbers of like what do the tests show? So finally, all these results come in. And he's got this stack of papers and he's going through the papers and he's got a magic marker and it's a great shtick. It's a great shtick. He's like, look, this is going on. This is going on. This should be higher. It's like, what does that mean? It's like, it could influence this. I mean, your, your benefit, the, one of the good things, your genetic markers are okay because you know you got some of this, but you don't got that. This balances out. But And then he starts going through these papers. Like, look, your level's a little high. You, that could, We could change that. This can use to come up with glucosamine, this trimictophan, you know, and it's sort of like, you know, your flickadigging is a little, uh, that could be better if we added a little of this because this has a profound effect on you know how you move your your thumb you know it's just like it gets very specific a lot of papers you know he's going through them he's throwing the papers on the floor he's saying we got to get you on this we got to get you on that 
And I'm just like, and I'm looking at him, and he, I think he kind of knows. He kind of knows that I know that he's fucking, you know, I know he's hustling me. I know he's scamming me a little bit. You know, but this is it, man. This is the sales pitch. Look, I got a lot of papers. I got a magic marker. I got numbers. I got indicators. I got, I know what these things mean. It's like, you need more of this because this affects your that. But I'm one of these people that even though I know, I'm probably going to try it anyways. It's like, I know you're fucking with me, but okay, fuck with me. I don't think that's being a complete mark. Okay. I think there's a difference between like a guy going like, really? Wow. And all right. Yeah. All right. I'll, yeah, I'll do it. I'll try it. It's not going to hurt me to try it. There's a difference. Full mark is no kidding. So if I take it, well, geez, this is amazing. So how did, I, how did I not know that I need to take, you know, 40 pills a day, you know, because of all this stuff. Th- th- that tone, and this one is like, ah, fuck, that's a lot of bullshit. And uh, all right, but let's do it. I'm here. I'm halfway in. <laughs> let's go the whole run. So now I'm out like two grand over the, you know, however many visits I've had and a bag full of supplements. And I'm sitting there like an idiot taking them. Some in the morning, some at night. Thinking what? Thinking what? What am I waiting for? And what? Whether he thinks I knew was onto his bullshit or not, I, I'm sure you know. Given that those supplements probably cost him a nickel, and that you know, whatever it took to print that, I paid for the test, I paid for the visits, I paid for the vitamins, and I think he gets some back end on the fucking testing. So like that guy still walked away with a couple grand, and me. I had to fucking hover over a French fry tray and shit in it and then put that into a fucking cup of liquid of some kind. I had to pee. I had to take blood. I had to, you know, yeah, a French fry tray. That was how specific this was. I don't even know what we learned from that. And I'm sorry if it grossed you guys out. All I know is that I'm taking a lot of supplements and I can honestly say, I'm not sure I feel better. And that guy just made a couple grand. Who cares if I come back? Look, Orny Adams, he's at the uh, Hollywood Improv this weekend, July 15th and 16th. His podcast is called What's Wrong with Orny Adams. Get that wherever you get your podcast. And this is me having a, not tense, but at times awkward and revealing conversation with Orny Adams. Where do, where do you live? Do you do a podcast? I do. Orny? You do? I do. I live... Uh, <laughs> I, I, we all do now, right? I, yeah. I mean, yeah. you get it. Uh, it's, <laughs> I get no, it. I started it. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I actually commend you because I think it's it's remarkable <laughs> yeah. what you've accomplished now that I've, I've tried it. Yeah. The one thing I've learned from doing my own podcast mm. is I now have respect for the radio people <laughs> that's true that i shit on on the road for that's, so many years it's true yeah yeah i mean it's a weird talent it's a specific talent i mean i think i always had a certain amount of respect for the guys that did that well you know there are guys that were annoying there's a lot of ego to it yeah. and you know god knows with people like you and i you know there there's instantaneous ego battles with anybody <laughs> assuming a position that we're, we're uh, like that. And there's something particularly annoying about radio guys. Right. <laughs> but when you were on one that worked, 
it was elevating. I mean, like to be to and what I did morning radio for a year or two, right? So mm-hmm. to be on a morning crew where you got to keep that juice going, right? And and I the thing that changed my mind about it was uh, I knew when we had a guest on that y- the last thing you wanted was them to fuck up the momentum, <laughs> right? So if you've got a vibe going and a comic walks in, he's like, no, 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 it's like, oh fuck, right? He just fucked up the whole group, so. I had respect for the job, but some of them got a little shitty about podcasts. So I still have a resentment towards the ones that are sort of like these podcasts. Right, yeah. right. I, I I agree. So I do mine out of a uh, in my backyard. I've got a Shasta trailer, uh-huh. like a vintage, and I converted it into a podcast studio. What is that like? A air an airstream? It's sort of yeah. Shasta. You can look at Shasta. It's a very yeah. like mid century modern. Okay. Very cool. And I so can, a trailer that you'd have to hook up to a hitch. Where you drive them? Hitch. Okay, I know. I know what kind they're. They're kind of like they got a little curve to them. Yeah, but they're not airstream ones. They right. they don't have. They're not fully curved, but they have a little curve on the top. Is I haven't. That... To be honest with you, I haven't thought about the curvature that much. Huh. Like I haven't. Uh, oh, I can. I can just look at. You it. You can look one. at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you got it set up up there. Yeah. It's and it's uh it's intimate and cool, but you know I don't do a lot of guests. Uh I'm, I'm sort of shy not, about that. And you're not you're not living in the trailer. No, I'm not living. <laughs> Although people think I am. It might come to that. So I have it if it does come to that. I'm ready. Yeah. And, and it might, yeah. But here's the thing. So I started yeah, doing that's, it. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Well, it's got a sure. little it's got a little curve on the back yeah, to it. You yeah, know, like yellow. Okay, yeah, like this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's cool. But so I when I do it, yeah, and you can help me with this, I'll okay. I'll sit there and talk to myself for an hour, which is really that's borderline. You're going crazy. No, well that that's the big trick, man. Yeah, uh, that was the big shift for me. Is is can you sit on a mic by yourself? I mean, that really separates the men's from the right. men from the boys right. in broadcasting. Uh-huh. Can you be compelling by yourself on a mic? You know, alone for an hour. Sure. For well, an I mean, hour. You've, you've decided that. But he, oh, okay, he, right. And here's the thing. So I do it, yeah. and I go, "That was great." And then I go back and listen. <laughs> I go, "I can't believe." how uninteresting I am. Like, in the moment. Uh, so it's finally you've realized. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have. <laughs> All these years. I thought I deserved more in this business. I'm, I've come to realize I really don't. I'm, I'm where I should be. <laughs> oh, come on. Your, your stand-up's always strong. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. But uh, so so do you find, what have you found from doing the podcast? I mean, like, do, do people listen to it? Do, have, maybe you shouldn't listen to yourself. I think I've w- what I treat it as is sort of like a companion piece for my stand-up. Uh-huh. So if you enjoy my stand-up, th- this is me sort of dissecting it. I think it's too serious. Oh, so you, you're doing uh, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 commentary on your bits? Sometimes I am, and sometimes it's on the world. Sometimes it's on crazy stories. Sometimes you, wait, I wait, just, do yeah. you play the bit and then? Do sometimes the co- I do. Yeah. Why does this amuse you so much? Sometimes I have to break down something that went wrong, or uh-huh. you know, and that's what you're doing. So you really? Not, no, that isn't the theme of the podcast. No, I get it. But I, what what's funny to me is that it's like. Um, it's just so up your own ass in a way, right? And, and uh, not in a bad way, but I mean, but like you know what you're doing when you sort of sit there with your own bit and talk about yeah. the bit and where the bit comes from. Uh, it, it just it's sort of uh, it's your own bubble, you're right? Kinda, I mean, you, you might be right. It might be why no one's listening. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm listen. I'm open to criticism for sure. Here's what I. I this is what uh, I've okay. sort of figured out or yeah. deduced in life. I'm good at one thing, uh-huh. according to me. Is that true? Stand-up comedy. Yeah. That's it. Is it? Yes, I believe that's all I'm capable of. 
I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you. I. I. I you know, it might be all you do. I'm the same way. I mean, the, 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 that's the thing I do. Right. But I imagine I'm capable of other things. You're a bright guy, and you know, you get. I don't know. I've tried a lot of other things. Like and what? I've, I've fa- what? Whether it's creating shows, whether what it's happened? What even, even relationships. Uh-huh. I just. I'm good. Stand up. I'm in control. I feel good. And so, why not? Why not discuss this on the podcast? What? <laughs> it's the only thing I can give the world. Is an explanation for what I'm doing up there, but that's not the theme of the pod. Right. I, I love you so much. I just love. I knew you'd find something. What are we? Five minutes in. <laughs> the whole no. way, like this morning, I'm like, I better find an outfit that's not going to upset Mark. But, I don't no. want to trigger him. I don't want to uh, upset well, him. Well, I was. I, I wondering. I was wondering what you were thinking coming over here, and I was like, sort of like, do you do, do you have anything you need to uh, well, it, to address? We'll, we'll get to it in a second, but let me finish this. When I initially created the podcast what's wrong with orny adams yeah. i was going out on the road pre- was this before the problem with john stewart <laughs> did i have a problem with john stewart no no his, his show is called the problem with john oh, stewart and you uh, yeah and I, you both you both seem to be in your own echo chamber around your work so you know good. sometimes i discuss john's bits on my show too and i break them down yeah yeah i do good do I you do. no i don't i don't yeah that would mean you'd have to listen to him yeah yeah i didn't even i didn't even know he had a podcast it was, no it's a t- TV show it was yeah. on fucking uh, HBO. I don't know if it's still on. Yeah, no yeah. one, no one knew. He's, I, he's one of us now. He's yeah. just walking among the you know marginally uh, well-known uh, uh, mortals. Happens fast. <laughs> Happens <laughs> fast. Well, it, well, he chose to try to come back. Right. Right. Like you know, why not go out a myth? Yeah. Why? Why come back and have people go like, "Oh my God, what happened to that guy?" Right. You got to do sort of like Letterman, but at the but Letterman sort of tiptoed back. Well, well yeah, but Letterman's just like an old, uh, beautiful soul now. Yeah. You know, John. <laughs> he interviews outside. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a sweetheart. Yeah. Well, it's fortunate that you never got huge because yeah, yeah, that's what I think. I wouldn't be able to handle it. Okay. Oh, I wouldn't be able to handle you it. You can barely handle almost getting huge. Uh, barely huge. I can handle. Barely handle. I could barely handle barely huge. Yeah. Okay, so what were you so saying? So I was going out on the road, and I yeah. was recording really interesting conversations. Yeah. With, and this is how lofty. Uh, it would be like I would talk to drivers, and they always had interesting stories. Like yeah. sometimes they were Coke dealers before they became drivers. Sure. Yeah. Some of them have been arrested in yeah. jail, accused of murder. Yeah. And I'd sort of start talking to them, and I had my Zoom, just like you, and yeah. I said, can I record this? Mm. And then I would turn it into like these lofty sort of I thought I was like NPR bits I do yeah. like interstitials in between oh yeah like well, I, it was he, at this moment <laughs> John realized come on you don't think this is going to be a hit <laughs> no I mean you you were you you tried stuff there's nothing wrong with trying stuff yeah yeah but you were doing it seriously earnestly you yes know, I was I was and it would take <laughs> months to edit and then have music made for it I mean I, I pumped a lot of money into oh, it my and, God. yeah it, it reminds me <laughs> Of the of the the process of you writing in that that old movie, you know, like you, yeah. that's how you approach everything. Yeah. Well, here's the good news. <laughs> yeah. It took me barely succeeding. I mean, instead of saying failing, barely succeeding at a podcast to respect you, Mark. Oh yeah. That's what it took. I go, this Mark Marin. <laughs> He did it. God you, bless him. You never respected me before. No, that. I did. I, to be honest with you, and we can get back to Wait, I know where why, you're leading into. Why, why would you? Why well, would you respect me? I was such a hard. I was so hard on you and such an asshole to you. Why well, you, you want to? We can discuss. You, I, I'll, <laughs> relax, I'll preempt that by saying I have always respected your comedy. Okay, I really, I really do. Well, thank you. And and so get into that because I want to hear what you have to say about. <laughs> 
<laughs> what? <laughs> About what? Yeah, our relationship. Oh. Our, our friendship. Well, I think like what it was, was like, you know, and it was, I think it happened even before, like I was annoyed by you before comedian, <laughs> okay. like before the movie. You were like a, an early adapter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was. But it was not, you know, I, I think when I look at it in retrospect, and, and I feel bad about it, and I, 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 but the thing was, I don't know that be, because you're sort of, you have a, a certain amount of fairly, you know, effective, you know, narcissistic blinders up, mm-hmm. that I'm not sure I was really landing any punches when I was being a dick to you. Yeah. I think you probably just thought, like, why is that guy being a dick to yeah, me? Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Like, I remember one time, yeah. one time we were at the improv, and uh-huh. I, I go, look at Mark, you came over to me, and you were so nice to me, yeah. and like, you almost made it through being nice to me, and then you walked, here's the dismount, I go, he did it, and then you turned around, yeah. and you had to say something, you yeah. had to, you'd yeah. say, what, what, who are you imitating now, Bob Dylan, yeah, like, you yeah. had to, right, right, yeah, uh, what, well, yeah what must be, what were you were wearing, <laughs> yeah, well, what was it, the hat, maybe the hat, maybe, <laughs> I didn't know you followed my career so closely, the hat phase. Uh, well, I just remember you in the hat at Montreal. It's it's not that I follow your career, but like like I see you and the, the thing of that it's the same with, you know, Berbiglia, you know, for me, you know, like there's something that that fundamentally annoys me about him. <laughs> and I can't I, I don't know what it is. I don't know I don't know if it, it it's it it's person. It's me. You know. It's not them. You know. I don't have. But you know. I've spent the, you know years. It's uh, in some ways. You know, honoring my feelings around people with just being a dick to them. Right. Well, I don't, but what I don't understand yeah. Mark, is why do you feel the need to say it? Like I think that too. I go who? Well, look at Mark. Who does he think he is? John mm. Lennon. Mm. But I don't say it. Uh-huh. I think it. We'd have to figure out how to say it to me. But I wouldn't want to. That's really well because, like, we're not like busting ball comics. Like, we're not yeah. like, like. I've gotten more that way with have? certain people. Okay. Well, there's certain people that I have that 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 I could do it with. Uh huh. You know, and they just get a kick out of it. Yeah. But but I'm. It's not my nature. You know, because I'm always a, a little too vicious. Yeah. Yeah, but there are certain guys that I could just bust balls with, and because they, and I'll take it from them. I don't know. They're just a, like Godfrey. Like I bust Godfrey's balls all the day long, right? Because right. he just gets a kick out of it. Yeah. But you're not going to get a kick out of it. You're going to take I, it personally. No, I, I, at this point, I don't think so. Why wouldn't you say you know, who's he think he is, John Lennon? You've never said anything mean to anybody uh, behind your back. I do. Oh, the yeah. minute you leave, I call. You know, I call my crew <laughs> and I go, "Yeah, I got a Marin update. <laughs> yeah, now, now I've, I've upset him by my hat." Yeah. T- <laughs> Tell me about your crew. <laughs> I got a crew. Don't mess with my crew. You got a crew? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you yeah. How many guys in the crew? We're between all of us, we have one thousand listeners on all our podcasts. That's our. That's my you crew. The Ernie Adams crew. Yeah. No, we all have our friends that we call sure, after you. Sure. You know, a sec. The Friday second show set yeah. where the audience sucks. Yeah. And nobody shows up. You do. And, you call people. I used to. I don't anymore. Mm. I uh like I if I have a woman in my life I'll I'll give it to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh it, you know generally I kind of you know it's it's weird the 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 club life but okay Do you so, find that the women what? get it that yeah, you what? did when you complain about stand up. And I'll tell you why. I don't you know it's I I I'm only recently getting you know sort of more adept at uh you know properly empathizing for for women especially the ones I've been with, you know, because I've not been the greatest guy in the world. But as I get older and as I learn more things, I've gotten much better and I can see them 
as separate human beings and not just reciprocals for my garbage. Sure. So whether they get it or not, I think they get they get they get struggle and and most of the time I'm I would say for the last decade or, or so, uh, you know, I I'm generally with fans. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, because you, you want to be loved, and that's the most. I guess I kind of want to want to be loved, but I like to be appreciated, right? Uh, and uh, you, you know, and also there is a shorthand to that because they know a lot about me, right? But it's a good way to lose fans too. Yeah, one at a time. But you have plenty to lose. You have plenty to lose. But don't, I, I, I see that as a liability when they adore you. Mm. I'd rather be with somebody that knows nothing about comedy, doesn't yeah. care about comedy. Uh-huh. Well, God forbid they bring up another comedian I can't stand and they think they're funny. Uh-huh. That's a nightmare. Yeah, well, I I have a problem with that sometimes. Yeah, right. It's not a nightmare, yeah. but I'll be like, you know, really? Orny Adams? Yeah. Tell me, tell, like, me yeah. tell me why... Why you're an early adapter of being annoyed by because I feel like there may be other people out there like you, but I think I divide. There are. There's my boys, my crew. Your crew? <laughs> who's who's in that crew? There's a lot of us, man. Uh, I, I, okay. The Largo? I'm sure the talk at Largo the is. Largo. Listen to you. You've played there, haven't you? No, I haven't. Oh, there, you do fine there. Yeah. What, what, what's the problem with the Largo? Why do you think that's a separate I'd world? love to do Largo. Nobody's yeah. asked me. Oh yeah, I don't. Here's the here's the truth. I'm shocked I'm here right now. Like, yeah, can you explain to me what I'm doing on your podcast? <laughs> I just wanted to. I wanted to connect. I've been, you know, I've been hard on you. Yeah, and you know, and I, and I knew that, like, no matter how fucking hard I've been on you, uh, for no real reason other than you annoy me, uh, that <laughs> that given <laughs> given the opportunity, you would come over here in a second. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did. I did have a conversation with my agents. I'm like, is this a setup? <laughs> They go, we don't think he does that to people. Otherwise, you wouldn't get guests. Oh, and, yeah. But I also feel like there comes a point in your life, like, uh-huh. I feel like as you mature, yeah. we're not as competitive as we once were. That's and probably true. You're more welcoming, and we're probably more similar than dissimilar. So when you looked at Orny Adams in a hat, you said, God damn it, that's me. That's my, well, no, I think that's true. And that's why I just texted my, uh, you know, when I was talking to my producer, like that usually is why. I mean, I understand we probably grew up similarly. You know, we we're probably sort of, there's some sort of scramble to kind of put ourselves together in a way. Uh, some, something's missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I, I, I think I identified your quest for selfhood. Uh, you know, through whatever means you had, whether it be hats or, you know, uh, acting like other people or whatever, as as something I I understood. Yeah, I mean, I think I was going through a sort of a dark period, and so that's where that whole sort of... When when was the dark period? This was after... uh, Comedian? Yes, exactly. Well, let's go back, because I think the first time I started... Like, the first conversations I remember having about you, really... You started at the same time as my ex-wife, really. You guys were contemporaries, you and Mishna, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you used to do shows together, I think, when you were starting out oh, in New York. Here. In I New don't York. remember no? New York, no. Oh, really? No. But she was always sort of like, you know, he's all right. And I'm like, is he? <laughs> <laughs> did I lead to the, the breakup of your marriage? Oh, no, Please no, tell no, me no, it was no. over me. Oh, no, I, I, I did that. She liked I did, yeah. no, no, I, I led to the breakup yeah. of my marriage. Yeah. But it was one of those things, like you're talking about, like, you know, she was like, uh, okay with you. And I'm because you guys were contemporaries. Yeah. And I was like, that guy's annoying. Who's he think he is? 
you had this like this swagger, this cockiness mm-hmm. that I'm sure I had, but mine was angry. Right. Yours was just sort of like, of course I'm here. Why <laughs> why wouldn't everybody love me? And I was like, Yo, you can all go fuck yourselves. You don't get it. It's a different approach, but uh-huh. similar roots, I think. Yeah. Where'd you come from? Boston. Oh, really? Yeah. So you grew up in Boston? I grew up outside in a town called Lexington, Massachusetts. I know Lexington, yeah. yeah birthplace I... of American liberty. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you? We, we'd watch the revolution, the reenactment of the revolution every April. Did, uh, you were born in Lord. Lexington? Yeah. Huh. Born and raised. Wait, I'm trying to remember, because there was, like, I I started my stand-up career doing one-nighters in New England, so I'm trying to remember if there was one in Lexington. Never in Lexington. No way. No liquor license. You'd be surprised. Oh, is that true? Oh, there might have been, like, a like a, a grill. Uh, right. There was, like, a, I don't know, a place where you throw popcorn on the floor. Right. That yeah, chain. You mean, like, peanuts on the floor? There was that, a, that sort of Yeah, yeah. Well, those are the kind of places. <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah. So you grew up in, like, uh, what, what's your, what was your father doing? My father, and I don't talk very much about my family. I'm, I'm very sort of private, which is another reason is why. Is private or you just like to talk about yourself? No, I just feel like I want to protect them. It's none of their business that I went into this. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. No, my dad was uh, worked for Polaroid my entire life. I was always oh, around really? cameras. Yeah. And then he left Polaroid and started a company doing focus groups for juries, hmm. big cases. Really? What a weird uh, job transition. No, because at Polaroid, he was doing marketing research for that. So that was his skill set. And my mom, my mom, a kindergarten teacher. Wow. So you you were like, this noise is a big part of your childhood. I love it. I love it. And just like they're coming out. The SX-70, that must have been a big day at your house. Well, you know, like your family where they're like, (laughs) Mark, stop taking pictures. It's a dollar a picture. Oh, right. Right. We had piles of film everywhere, you know. It's a dollar a picture. (laughs) Were they good pictures? They were were of themselves. They were, uh, it was a thing. Well, let me explain to you. There was a time that we didn't have digital instant photography right Mm. on our phones. So the excitement of watching something come into focus. Yeah was really cool and my dad was fascinated by the chemistry behind how land the the guy who started polaroid figured out how in one in a like one sheet that came out of a camera this thing took the picture and developed yeah yeah. the technology blew him away yeah no it's it's interesting and and then artists picked up on it and there was ways like if you had the old ones if you had the ones before the SX-70, you could kind of manipulate the surface on mm-hmm. them with a with a pen or a pencil yeah. before you peeled off the thing. Right. I remember them from when I was a very uh, young kid, because I'm older than you, but not by much, but um, but I remember my grandparents had one of the land cameras where you had to pull the whole piece out yeah. and kind of yeah. wait with it yeah. for like two or three minutes, I right. think, before you peeled the gunk off. Probably and then, black and white too, right? There were some black and white ones, yeah, and then that stinky gunk that was on there. Yeah. You had to throw that away because it was toxic, and when you're a kid, you always wonder, what's in the little squirty pack inside the process? You know, Right. But it was nasty. But the, those pictures were kind of cool, and, and they were kind of groovy by the time I was in high school. If mm. you could get hold of one, it was kind of cool and arty to have one. And Warhol, I was watching that documentary. Yeah. You know, he would take pictures with a Polaroid, then he would, you know, turn it into a screen yeah. on a shirt and right. paint it. And, right, the silk uh, screen, yeah. yeah. So you have you have brothers and sisters? Two sisters. Older? I'm in the middle. You're in the middle? And they're all, uh, you know, my entire family is... I call them normal. They all live within a mile or two of each other. Oh, that's nice. In Lexington. They got kids, the They sisters? have kids. I have nieces. I have nephews. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, it's, um, and they're together all the time. You get it's, along with them? I do. Huh. I talk to them, you know, like my dad, we were going back and forth 
uh, watching the tennis uh, oh, yeah. in a Wimbledon today. Yeah. I talk to my family every day. Really? Yeah. Well, that's nice. And your mom is a kindergarten teacher. She doesn't teach anymore, does she? No. No. Oh. Everyone's retired and bored. Are they? <laughs> They're so bored. They're like, please drop the grandkids off. Really? That's yeah. how, oh, that's what they do. Well, that's nice for the sisters to they, have all that. And unlike me, they're very social. So when did you, like when you were a kid in this well-adjusted Jewish, right? Jewish yeah, family? Sure. It'd be bar mitzvah and everything? Yeah, I mean, yeah, very, Yeah. not religious, but uh, very into the faith. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in what way? Ritual? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think socially, too. Like, sure. we were well, always yeah. at the temple. We had yeah. Jewish friends. Yeah. Uh, it Hebrew was, school friends? Yeah. You still we, got them? Uh, college friends, I do. Oh, no Hebrew school friends? Some of them, but not as, I'm not as connected. I didn't love, I, I mean, I still, like, I've got to do a, a show next week and I have to wear a suit, and it drives uh, me nuts. It reminds me of, get your suit on and get to temple. Uh-huh. And I remember there was one week, either I grew or your I, one suit yeah i ate too much and it was tight mm. and now that's my biggest fear every time i get into a suit oh yeah is it going to be well, tight? i think we i think that's another thing we have in common is a uh, 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 food issues and body dysmorphia absolutely you're a vain motherfucker no uh <laughs> i have a jewish metabolism uh, oh yeah is yeah. that what it is yeah wait, wait, is your uh, but did where was the input? Did was there food in the house? I mean, is there somebody? Of course, there's food in the house. But you come from a like a healthy eating family. No, mm. I mean I don't think in particular. But they're always re food's always ready to go. Like yeah. during the pandemic, yeah. I flew home like right at the beginning, yeah. like in the twenty uh, twenties. Uh, I was going to miss my first Thanksgiving yeah. ever, which was mandatory. Yeah. So at I, your folks' house. Yeah. So yeah. I flew to Boston with three masks on yeah. and with the uh, you know the the spray. And sure. everything, and I rented a car, and I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want them to be worried yeah. about me flying. This is before yeah. the vaccine. This is before right. we even knew sure. what it was. Yeah. And I flew home, and I called my parents from the front yard, yeah. and I said, uh, "What's for dinner?" And they said, uh, "We're having fish." I go, "I don't want fish. I want brisket." They go, "Oh, we wish you were here." I said, "Open the front door." <laughs> and my mom almost passed out. My oh, dad yeah? had to catch her. She burst out crying, uh. and I drove to my. She goes, go surprise your sisters. Yeah. I did it at my sister's houses too. Same thing. By the time I came home, yeah. she had a full brisket dinner yeah. with all the accoutrements yeah. and everything just ready to go. Oh, nice. And that's that's what I grew up Yeah. With. Yeah. She could cook. She could cook. That's nice. But what's what's interesting is, and I don't know if you felt this way, I I felt uncomfortable. My legal name is different than the name that I- What is it? It was Orenstein, Adam Orenstein. Oh. And I changed it to Orny Adams- <laughs> Because why does this make you laugh again? You hate every no, I don't. Every why, form why, of how, I do. How how is how is that not funny I mean, to if, hear someone's real Jewish name? What what we're missing is the what? without video the passive aggressivity. It's not passive aggressive. <laughs> how is that not funny? That's what am I word. supposed to just take like you know like from Ornstein? You get Orny Adams and be like, oh okay. But I'm trying to create a tender moment for us. It is. So I I didn't like like is her real name Marin or yes. Marin Witz? No. Was it ever changed? No. Huh. It's weird. It goes all the way back too. I did that show, Finding Your Roots. It goes all the way back to fucking Belarus in the 1800s, Marin. Wow. Yeah. So I, I didn't like that I was immediately identifiable sure. as being Jewish. Of course. I mean, I understand that. Jeff Lifschultz, John Leibowitz. Uh, for, I forget what Jerry Lewis's real name. It's not unusual. Yeah. Yeah. But now I kind of want to be identified as Jewish. Well, maybe you should change your name and I'm make that the, the topic of, of your podcast. What about Orny Marin? What do you think of that? <laughs> That's my biggest nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> what is it? We'll call this episode of the podcast that Orny Marin. <laughs> so you want to change it back to what is it? Adam Orenstein. What's I wouldn't change name? it back, but I don't. What's I'm, your first name? Adam. It was Adam. Adam Orenstein became Orny Adam. Well, that was a clever switch. Yeah. Now, what does your mom call you? Adam. <laughs> or Boychuk. Boychuk, really? Boychuk. So you had grandparents that were first uh, generation immigrant kind of I thing? I think they were second. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Were they in uh, Massachusetts too? Massachusetts, yeah. We uh, went to Boston Bal- Jews, man. The best, right? I knew, I well, I used to work at a deli uh, one, one year in West Roxbury called Gordon's Deli. And I didn't realize that there was, you know, that... Like there were, you know, just those old generation of Boston Jews who were immigrants, just like in New York. You always right. identify it with New York, but it's a whole different culture. Yeah, there's four different kinds of rye bread in Massachusetts. <laughs> the ones with seeds, right. the one without seeds. There's sisal rye with the seeds. Yep. There's light rye, which is light rye. There's dark rye, which is dark rye, and there's pumpernickel. Yeah. Four. I had four at the fucking store. We had tongue. We had brisket. It was real old time. This must shit. have pissed you off. Huh? Four different kinds. No, it was fine. I, yeah, it was yeah. like a new education. It was just a way of phrasing. Where'd you Where'd you grow up? New Mexico. From Jersey. My family's from Jersey. Why are so, we in New Mexico? Does somebody have allergies? No, my dad. Uh, you know, he was in the service when he did his uh, residency as a doctor, and he wanted to start a practice, and he had a friend who had moved to Albuquerque and it was a, a, a growing city. So he was like, let's, let's do it there. What, what kind of doctor was Orthopedic. Oh. Surgeon. Interesting. Yeah. I'm having knee surgery this month. Yeah, hammers and nails, but hammers I'll, and saws. Hammers I'm ready. And saws. I'll, 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 is, is he still practicing? No. Is he, he, no? He's, he's still in Albuquerque. He's slowly <laughs> losing his mind. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but both your parents are healthy? Yeah. So when do you start? How about yours? Both healthy? Well, my dad's got the, uh, he's, he's starting to lose it a little bit. My mom is dizzy. But she's okay. 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 I don't know. How, okay. how wonderful that they're still alive and still married. Or no, not married. still married. No. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, they're all right. They, you know, they, they're old. My 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 dad's eighty three. My mom's eighty. I think. What? How old are your parents? Right there. Yeah. My dad's about eighty. And he's got his marbles. Yeah, for the most part. That's good. Sure. I mean, some days he's really with it. Yeah. You know, other days sure. I feel like you know it depends. I guess what time I call. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So what? When do you start? But I do Realizing. feel so lucky yeah. that my parents are alive and you well, know, I, well, it seems like they must have. It seems like you grew up with everything you needed, and sure, you, you were you were the the boy where you like uh, always thought of as the uh, the the golden one. No, not oh. even close. All right, no, my family <laughs> they would pick on me nonstop. You know, really? and, and but that's In my family. It's just fun. my family would laugh when, yeah. when we get together. We laugh. Yeah. We were the family in the restaurant that people were like, what, "What's going on over there?" Yeah. And could they be quieter? Yeah. So anything, you know, like when I I graduated from college and mm. I wrote, a, I had a resume and I had a cover letter and I sent it out to about a hundred different corporations looking for a job. What did you What did you uh, study? Political science and philosophy. Well, so what kind of jobs were you looking at? I can't remember. It just I th- I actually think I was looking for advertising, doing copywriting. So when you were in high school and stuff, you never did any performing of any kind. No, just in college. But I sent out this letter and. The final line, instead of thank you for your consideration, the typo was thank you for you consideration. So now every time we get together, you know, it's, you know, can you pass the turkey at that? Thank you for you consideration. So it's like, you know, I'm still still being mocked for that. Yeah. Yeah. Still? Still. Wild. And I never had, I never got a job. I never got a job offer. I've never, I've only uh, lived off of stand-up comedy. Well, okay. So you, you go to high school, no performing. Uh, I played um, I, I played a Rolling Stones song in like a talent show. You play guitar? No, I'm horrible. Oh, but you used to. 
No, I was horrible. Oh, but, but I tried. <laughs> that and seems, here's a beautiful that seems to be a that seems to be a theme. <laughs> hey, now that we're bros, you can you can bust balls all you want. I Thank don't care. God, I've been waiting my whole life. For Are this. we going to be? friendlier to each no, other when we see no, each other at the clubs no. we're gonna revert back to awkward in the green room i will be better it'll be better this is like a first step <laughs> okay <laughs> it's so persistent That's the i want to be your friend mark no no, no. I don't, okay i don't want to be your friend <laughs> you, you could be like the other fellas you know that i see you know not be mean to okay the, the thing i can't like the do you thing- feel bad when you're mean to somebody like do you go home like an like an addict and go why did i do that or are you a, a sociopath and no, you, you I, lack I, empathy no i don't lack empathy i do feel bad sometimes you know and i and it more so i always feel a little bad uh-huh um but i also try to ride a line where and there's not many people i bully anymore you just happen to be one of them but i don't i don't do it that much anymore i just give you stink eye and fucking you you know and and don't engage with you right (laughs) i don't think you've bullied me uh in a a long time no i haven't and by the way i'm pro bully i i was bullied in high school and i think it makes you a stronger person it doesn't it it doesn't (laughs) does it no it doesn't i don't think so I, i i think what it does is make you doubt your own vulnerability and you know if somebody bullies you and they hurt your feelings uh it it, it may make you uh uh more resistant but i i don't think it makes you uh, feel good about your feelings yeah do you know what i mean i don't i don't know i feel like i've been i was i felt like i was bullied many times in my life really and when i think it um, in high school high school i was for what we fat no, you just you, sort of got picked on. Like I don't think there's anything specific. So, so, so but it's not like bu- it's not like bullied. I was, wait, it was like much like. Is, well, go ahead. This is so. This has happened your whole life. No, it hasn't, Mark. <laughs> don't make excuses for you your. Just, you've been annoying people no, since you were a child, no. and you don't think. What's funny is you're deflecting on how annoying you are. Sure, I, mean, I, I I think I'm intense. I don't know if I'm annoying. Do I? I wonder if I'm annoying. I think I'm in, uh, a little too intense and sometimes intimidating, and and I don't see, and I and I come off as arrogant. But I don't know if I'm annoying. Arrogant, yes. I don't think mm. you certainly didn't intimidate me. Of course not. But I I was more like. What's sort wrong of, with this guy? Yeah, sort of like what? It, why is he? He almost got away from the conversation without insulting me. Yeah, I get it. And I mean, let's be honest. Mm. Twenty years ago, this meeting would not have happened today. Wait, I would. I why? Wait, I know it. It wouldn't. There was no podcast. So we've matured. We've matured. I don't know that it would have gone any differently twenty years ago. And I think I. I do think. I think that there is something to competitiveness that is is probably part of it i mm-hmm. i think that there was probably you know outside you know my own insecurity and you know the jealousy of the type of attention you were getting at a different time because we're close enough to being contemporaries that i, I don't look at you as like the next generation or anything but you know there was certainly a, a period there where you know be you were seemed to be getting a tremendous amount of attention and uh and then it just uh you just self-emulated somehow. You just, it just it all blew up. Is that what happened? I don't know what happened. Well, here as an outsider, I'd love to hear what you oh. think. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like that. Uh, like I didn't. I don't know that I saw the movie until later. Like I didn't see it when it came out. Mm-hmm. But I do remember reading that piece in Harper's, uh, the six minutes of fun. That's interesting. You read that. I've read it many times. Why is that? <laughs> I I haven't. 
I've, Maybe I should discuss this on my podcast. I've given and bring it, it down. to people. Yeah, have you really? Why? <laughs> because it was such an amazing, sort of odd insight into what you were going through. You know, more so to me than than the movie. Mm-hmm. There's a line, at, at, and 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 I think it, it sort of honors something about comics, but also it's sort of about you know, kind of the momentum you were in. Mm-hmm. You know, that that you're sort of like you were being fueled by this confidence because you were being indulged by the business and by, you know, powerful people right. had 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 sort of like gotten behind you. And, you know, why wouldn't your ego be, you know, huge yeah. and, 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 and ready to go? But that line where where you where you don't do well on stage. And then you get off stage, and and the I think the final line of the the article is is a, a, by the time he had gotten to the bottom of the stairs, he had convinced himself that he killed. Ah, uh, I don't think I did. I I knew I didn't do well. <laughs> yes, you love it. You love. It. Listen, that guy that wrote that wasn't it a woman? Was it, it was a guy? guy in, all right, all and right. it was uh, that guy followed me around and was my best friend. Yeah, you can't trust him. You can't. He was irresponsible. And to the point where he called me the first call in Montreal. Yeah. Like, Your name is everywhere in the in the papers. Everyone's talking about you. Yeah. Your ego must be huge. Yeah. I said to be funny. Uh, yeah, I'm going to need a bigger hotel room for it. Uh, that's line one of the article. That's funny. It's but he said Orny's ego is so big. He said he's going to need a big. That's not what happened. I didn't volunteer this information. I was reacting. But to it was it. a joke. Yeah, it was a joke. It doesn't come across as a joke. It comes across as fodder for pricks like you. Yeah. that are looking to you know take yeah. me down to the fact you're like everybody I'm, I'm, I'm possibly having a deal with. You send them the Harper's article. No, and no, no. Uh, my first I, demo I, reel from no. Atlanta. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> I, it was it was comics. I just, I just thought it was a, an odd. It was a well-written thing about comedy. About I the was experience. way, way out of my league in that thing. I, 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 I didn't know what I was in for. I didn't know, you know. Well, let's talk about the how where it unfolded. Where did you start doing comedy in college? Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Funny Bone. Really? Buckhead was the first time I was on stage. In Buckhead? Yes. I just did a show in Buckhead at the Buckhead Theater. It was was fine. So why there? You were going to school there? Yeah, I was going to school there. Oh, Emory. Yeah, yeah. How was that? What did you do that first time? I did. Um, I'd have to look at my set list. I no, still have it. Yeah, I do. Wow. I do. I was doing jokes about um, studying abroad in Italy. I uh-huh. wasn't 21 yet. So, How'd it go? The, uh, the set? I felt very comfortable up there, but I'm sure, who knows? In fact, this weekend, uh, for July 4th, one yeah. of the parties was my college friends, yeah. and one of them was there that night. Wow. The first time I did comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Did you do it for them in the dorm room before? I was always sort of funny, and when I studied abroad in Italy, in fact, that might be the first time I did stand up. Mm. They, I did it for all the American kids, like in the, oh, yeah. in the general yeah. assembly room. Yeah, and then I would go to Boston over the summer and do stand up, and it was where at Nick's, yeah. Stitches, Catcher Eyes. This is Star. like while you're in college. Yes. Oh, so Catch was still open. Nick's. Uh, what else was it? Uh, really? Giggles so, and Saugus. Giggles and Saugus. Yeah, the Leaning Tower of Pizza. Yeah, I, I would do uh, all Nick's at the Kowloon. That. You know, I never had to do an open mic or a bringer Dick show. Dick Doherty's. Because there was just so many rooms. Right, but you had enough ch- You had enough chops that... Well, back then, it was it was sort of before bringer shows. It was still sort of an open mic guest spot situation. So you were, what, doing opening slots and stuff? No, it would be like, you know... It's Don Gavin's show Wednesday night at uh, right, Nick's, Nick's and, right? You know, so you were getting booked. I was getting booked because on you shows. had time. You had the bits. Well, I think in those days you would come up and say, "Hey, I'm a stand-up comedian from Atlanta." Try it. You'd embellish, right? You, okay. You know, you yeah, you're doing stand-up down there. You come up here. And, oh, right. so you didn't present yourself as a local. 
Well, no, I was a Boston boy and always will be, but they would, they would, right. Mike Clark would give you a shot. Yes. Yeah. And if you deliver, you get the gig. You get the gig. They'd start folding you into those one nighters and going to Saugus. For 75 bucks to go to New Hampshire. 75 bucks. That's right. Loved it. That's (laughs) how you cut your teeth, right? That's how I did it. I mean, it's not how everybody does it, but that's, yeah, I I cut my teeth in New England doing one nighters. But don't you think that's what makes you better? Absolutely. When anybody says, what advice would you give a young comic? Get on stage every single night. Well, that's one thing, but I mean, you know, but doing it that way where you go up cold opening for another guy in the middle of nowhere, I mean, that's different. I mean, that that really is hard. But don't you remember the days when like you got booked as a feature and now you have to do 30 minutes, but you don't have 30 minutes. So you sit there you write oh, yeah, out you a do list everything yeah yeah for 30 minutes you're on stage going now go to this bit now yeah. go to this bit. oh yeah sure yeah but like when i started it was mostly two-man shows so it wasn't a feature spot the opener had to do a half hour and then the headliner would do 45 minutes huh that was the that was the one-nighter right thing. and the good places had an opener like if you did nick if you did uh, giggles or you did the taunton regency a three-man show but most of them in my recollection were two-man shows well, I remember in Boston, uh-huh. the MC on the weekday shows was the headliner. So it'd be that's like right. Sweeney. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And right. so those guys would get up there. They'd do 45 minutes if they sure. wanted to. Then yeah. they'd bring me up or right. they'd bring somebody else up. Right. And, and it was all Lenny really and, yeah, 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 yeah. strong comics. So you were around strong comedy. What every years night. were that? What years 91 were to, you know, up to the 2000s. You know, I moved to New York for. About four or five years. So you so you started really doing the work at the clubs in Boston. So you didn't have to do bringer shows, but it's still a little before bringer shows. I think. Yeah, I didn't do bringer or there were no open mics either. I never like waited in a line. I never saw. Oh, I did some of that. I got lucky. I definitely did open mics. Yeah. At Catch a Rising Star. Huh. And, and uh, yeah, and played against Sam's. Yeah, definitely. There was definitely open mics. But uh, well, so yeah, so that was your entrance. So when did you move to New York? Well, what happened was Disney came in and they were scouting to give development deals. Oh. And they saw me and they flew me to la yeah. for a meeting with right. the head of the head of the head of development for disney yeah and uh i remember that meeting i it was so weird i had him there's me and one other kid who's probably no longer in the business they put us up at a really nice hotel and we had our meetings and they said you're going to meet with her and you're going to talk for like 20 minutes and then you'd sit outside of the office and they'd say we're going to let you know if you're going to stay in L.A. or you're going to go home on a plane. Yeah. And I got sent home on a plane that night. I got, like, eliminated <laughs> from the deal. And it was the longest, saddest flight. This is before cell phones. You yeah. couldn't even call your parents and go, no, I got sent home. Yeah. Like, it happened so fast. They got me the hell out of that hotel room. Wow. And, uh, yeah, but after- Welcome to show business. Yeah, I guess I should have known then to get yeah. out. And then after that, they all, they all, people wanted to see me do stuff stand-up so they i'd go to new york to audition yeah. and so i i do a set at the cellar so they could see me yeah. stand up new york blah, blah. and right. that's how i got in at the strip at all oh, yeah. those clubs okay was because of that okay so that showcases yes yeah so that was fortunate and then you moved down there loved it i, I would say as a stand-up comedian the most pure point in my career was doing 15 minute sets all over town yeah with the best yeah with the best sure and just you know i it, nobody was thinking it, am i talking about something that could become a tv show nobody was thinking am i wearing something that says something yeah we were just getting up there to be funny boston yeah. too was like that so you're doing new york and how many lettermans did you do i did one letterman mm. i did a few tonight shows Okay, so what happens now? Let's let's just track what I'm trying to track. And what I was going to say to you before about people I, I resent and what I've realized, you know, and, and I always kind of knew, 
is that no matter how much, you know, I may be annoyed with you for my own dumb reasons, you know, you're a good comic and you're solid and you always do the job. So, like, no matter what I think, mm-hmm. you know, that, you well, know, stands you. out to me. And, you know, and I have to honor that. Yeah. You, you know, it's not like you're, you're not like a hack and you're not like you do. You're the aggravated guy. I get it. You've mm-hmm. been that way since you were young. I don't know why. You acted <laughs> like you were 70 when you were 30. Well, but why does it matter why? It doesn't it's just matter. I do it. Yeah. And, 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 and it's mutual. I've always respected your work and I've always thought you were funny. And that never, like, which kind of sucks because you just want to go, this guy's a dick and, he, and he's a hack. I know. But I could never, you know. You could I just could, say I'm and I <laughs> no no because I I, I like you and I, yeah. I and I want to like you and I I just it's it just it's it's strange when someone you admire is attacking you <laughs> yeah I know I know well you know we I'm sorry about that I, and I'm sorry that I annoyed you with no, my annoyingness fault. it's not your fault you're yeah. just you're who you are you know I I believe me I you know, no one was inviting me to parties yeah you know I mean I, I definitely annoyed some people. Uh, but yeah, uh, so when 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 does this the momentum start? You know that was I, I yeah. How do you frame that whole experience with with comedian with a movie and and I, what happened? After I, that? I can tell you the way I remember it in my brain uh-huh. is uh, I was doing a lot of shows in the city. I was every night I'd go cellar, Gotham, stand up, strip, back down what to the cellar. This? This is like 99, yeah. 1990. Okay. Yeah. And I felt like like they were making accommodations. Like if I called Essie and go, can I go one set later so I can do stand-up New York? She would do it. And I yeah. felt very good about myself. And they would put me on you know, stand-up New York to close the show, Gotham to close the show. And all of a sudden- yeah, that's why. That's probably the beginning of why you were annoying me. Because I was there, wasn't I? Yeah. I was in New York. Right. And, and I, okay, yeah. So, what annoys you about that? Well, it was just sort of like you know, I, you know, you uh, represented something that annoyed me. You you were just a guy that was uh, you know going out to kill at all the clubs, and you know you you didn't uh, I, the ambition of it. I, I'm just weird about it. You huh. know? And it's a, it's a problem I have. I I probably have to explore more. But you know, people who are focused and and specifically ambitious and aware of it. Uh, annoy me. Yeah. Like, I know I'm ambitious, but I don't pay attention to it. So it's let, just a persistence that so I have. So let me ask you a question. Do you like athletes like Muhammad Ali that, you know, I'm a bad man or whatever he says, I sting like the sure, cocky. Sure, you do. Yeah. Do you I like the guy I, in baseball that points the right field and then knocks it out of the park? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not a sports guy. I maybe, love maybe, those guys. I know. Like, okay, I get it. Do you it. see where I'm getting at? No, like, I get it. Yeah, and maybe it's because I don't really watch sports that I, <laughs> I just misunderstood you for so many years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is? Yeah. That's He's just a is? guy that wanted to hit it out of the park. Yeah. He wants to, you know, you know, float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. I'm yeah, like, I mean, I, I think it's it's interesting yeah. that you can get away with these I things. I don't, it's just, I can't even manufacture the confidence that you were manufacturing either for real or out of insecurity. Security hmm. at the time you were doing it, and I found it contemptible. Huh? And I respect—I <laughs> I respect that, and okay. I and I and I, and I agree. And, and looking back, yeah, there are many things that that I look and I'm—I'm I'm embarrassed. It makes me cringe. Like what? Mark, there's a there's a million. <laughs> the movie? Yeah, there are parts of the movie. I understand. I understand. Okay, if so you, you watch... let's, let's go back to the beginning of the movie. So you're doing all these sets. Yes. And what happens? Ah. Uh, Every time I saw that stupid camera crew yeah. in the lobby 
of any of those clubs, yeah. I knew Seinfeld was going to come in okay. and now bump me. Right. And I'm using this as a launching pad for my social life. So New York's a wonderful place. You can do your shows till one in the morning and then you can stay out till four. You don't have to worry about drinking and yeah. driving. You're going right. to take the subway or a yeah. cab home. And I would have women show up or friends and we'd go, well... You're not quite the hero that night when Seinfeld mm. shows up. Yeah. So he kept bumping me yeah. from shows. Yeah. Understandably. So that one day the film crew saw that I was frustrated, if you can believe it. Yeah. And they said, can we ask you a few questions? And I said, sure. <laughs> yeah. They, they said, what do you think of Seinfeld's act, the new uh -huh. act? I said, I don't think it's that good. I said, it sort of seems dated, like his style seems dated, the topics, he doesn't talk you fast enough. You saying this on camera? On camera. Hmm. They show Seinfeld. Seinfeld says, quote, follow this guy, he's the only one that has the balls to criticize me. Hmm. And I was then followed and enamored. Again, these guys, these producers, if you know anything about what's going on in reality shows yeah. now, they know how to make you feel good and get you to say shit. Yeah. that you shouldn't say. And I was too young and naive. And I was also doing a character in some sense. So when I go to a, a car service yeah. and I go to open the door and I look at the camera and go, I have to open my own door? That's a character. That's, that makes sense. But yeah. that isn't when people see it, they go, who does this guy think that he doesn't have to open his own doors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you're it, kind of playing the part they put you in. Yes. Right. And you know what? There were two versions. There was a version of that film that we took out, or Seinfeld took out, but he graciously took me along for. Seinfeld was very kind to me. Yeah. Flew me to New York one time, and he said, I want to take you out and show you how to be famous and sign autographs. Uh -huh. He was very, anytime I did a, like when I did a special, he would call and come, like he privately was very supportive uh -huh. of me. And, and so... Then it got sold to Merrimax. I remember the meeting movie. with Harvey Weinstein. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. How was that? Uh, everything you would expect it to be. Okay. And so once that version, the, the word came back, take out this guy doing stand-up and take out these moments that make him look human and sort of vilify him. And so that's what they, that's what they did. The second cut was a lot different than the first one. So they set you up. I wouldn't say it was a setup. I would say they're smart. They gotta, they've got to have a bad person in there. So it's easier to dislike me if you don't see stand-up that substantiates my... Why'd Jerry let him do that? Well, why do you think? Because it's payback. Payback for what? For having the balls to criticize him. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. So wh who? what was the relationship with George Shapiro who just passed? Hmm. Because, I mean, that was, you know, that was... He was my manager. Right, but so Seinfeld turned him on to you. Uh, I have a, I have some thoughts on that that I, I won't share today, but I think what it's... What do you mean? When are you going to share them? This is it. This is it? Is this my... Uh... <laughs> I have some thoughts he, on that, and, he's, and I, and I he's guess... he's dead. He's dead, but still, I, I'm going to wait until everybody's dead, and then... <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Okay. I'm going to wait until the day before we leave for Mars. Okay. And right. uh, as, as a species... I, yeah. Okay. So who? Uh, how'd you get in, involved with George? Through Jerry? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and the producers were sending him my tapes. So, the producers of the documentary? Yes. Where, where were they from? England? Where no, one was, one was British, but they yeah. were both guys that worked at an ad agency and had worked with Seinfeld uh -huh. and- 
pitched this documentary. And I had, listen, I was so excited to get $700 a day, whatever I, I the know. SAG after. Yeah, dude, I, I, you know, the, there, nothing about you wanting to be involved in that was peculiar. Why wouldn't you? What I think is fascinating is it's, it's on uh, Netflix now. Is it? It is. I shouldn't have said that, but it is. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll still get, I'll get like, why are you laughing? I'll, I'll get, people will like on social media, they'll like attack me. They'll be like, just saw the new Seinfeld thing. I'm like, it's not new. It's not even HD. What a fucking nightmare. It's a square image. Thank you. Fucking but idea. people attack me. I'm the uh, villain of this. Do-, do you understand? Bill Cosby is in this documentary, yeah. and I'm still the asshole. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> you love it. No, I don't. You don't. I, I, I mean, I, I'm laughing because it's hilarious, but it's horrible. It's like it. It's just like it's. It's just this. You, you had no control over it. And, you know, you've obviously framed it in retrospect as you can understand why they made the choices you made. But it, you you know, it fucking, it hobbled you and it's not going to go away. No. Even when I met Brooke Shields, she said, it's your Blue Lagoon. (laughs) That's what she said. It's going to come up in every interview. At least you got to. uh, Well, no, I mean, of course it's going to come up today, but I'm sure it's not coming up that much anymore, is it? No, I think, like, I got a Michael Moore said to me i I, I went into that documentary and i came out loving you and and hating you know the people that were involved with that without naming the name they set you up so then do you okay thank you (laughs) what is that i'm just saying that like you know you've had to frame it in retrospect they're like they needed a villain they did this but but they they it's not unlike that article that i enjoyed only because of the last line you know because the the thing is like you know it hurts me to you, you know to to feel like that i was mean at you or felt any satisfaction but you know i'm you know i'm just an insecure angry guy so what 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 i saw happen at that time was some sort of schadenfreude that you know you will be humbled because of you flew too close to the sun i think so, i have been humbled by no, that I, I definitely think you've been humbled yeah. but 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 I, I think that that line, by the time you walked to the, got to the bottom of the stairs, I thought it was a funny line, and it's, it always stuck with but me. But I knew, I I knew I did not knew. do well of in Montreal. You I really, and and I and, and I said something from the stage that still to the, this day just makes me like, you know, shrivel up. You know, I I just it, I, I I at Montreal was given every opportunity, and I blew it. I blew it. Well. Look, man, it's you know it's a tough gig sometimes. There's a lot of pressure. It's not a real audience. You got half the audience is an industry. Half of them are local. Some of them are drunk. In the new faces, a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, for anybody to really succeed at that, there has to be you know so much expectation. And back then, people were unknown. But and I but I do think that you know a guy you know in your position who worked hard, who got really liked, you know, really believed in comedy and wanted to do it more than anything. How how were you not going to behave the way you behave when you got all that 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 sort of juice from those people? Right. You know, I, I don't think you could have known at that at that at you know at the beginning of that that you know it would you know, hang around your neck like a fucking albatross. Yeah. Do you think that your opinion of this is the majority in the stand-up community? Like I feel like I feel like, in a sense, that I alienated myself from some people in the stand-up community. And well, I think what you're saying that you know, as you say to me to my face, that you know, differentiating between 
sort of playing into their expectations and actually being who you are, uh, you know, probably is misunderstood. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't know what the general opinion is, but, you know, you know how you came off. And half of that is because they cut you to 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 uh, to use you as this foil. But also part of it was that, you know, you were playing it up. I, I agree. So, like, for and people would sort of take that, like, well, that guy's like that, mm-hmm. you know. But, but you know, when you say to me that you were sort of like it's, it was a gag, it makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's, this is the position they're going to put me in, why not just fucking? I, like, yeah. I felt like you know, stand up comedians, we look for a reason to hate other comics. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're watching somebody kill on stage and go, oh, now he's talking about. You know mm. th- that that hack topic. You yeah. know, it's like it's so. I felt it's like just insecure competitiveness. Yeah, yeah I felt I, I like don't know this if it's hate. I, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I gave everybody the opportunity. You didn't. You didn't give it to them. So you then, didn't. why they they did it to you? So they, okay, thank. You. So <laughs> have you ever said that publicly? Like, why is saying it now? Okay, thank you. <laughs> now that my career's over. Yeah. Now that thank you. Time. Appreciate it. Thank thanks for the boost now. Great. <laughs> why? Why you do that? You do that radio thing where you don't laugh into the mic. Like well, again, I don't want to blow the the. I don't want to blow the uh, the levels up. You yeah, can hear me yeah. laughing. Um, no, because like it's it's just it's a hard thing to come back from because I think um, I don't know. Like you you know you're you're not no angel. You're no angel in the sense that like you know you're not. I, I think you do expect a certain amount of 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 respect and you i think you work hard and your ethic is good and you're a guy that kills so you know you want to be treated like the guy who kills like i'm the guy who kills every night where's my fucking prize well, what do i got to be out there you know doing the second show on friday for half a house and I, fucking- yeah i mean i thought i thought in this business and and really <laughs> screw me for even ever having this crazy thought but what? i thought if you were funny it led to things, it, but it isn't that. Sometimes, it isn't. sometimes, sometimes it just leads to being funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like you're so zen about that, you know? No, but I mean, I it's just I'm only zen about it in the sense that I I know that there there is no fairness to it, and a lot of times there's plenty of people that can kill, dude. I mean, it's just the reality of it. Especially now, there's thousands of comics, mm-hmm. you, you know, and how anybody builds an audience or why people are appealing either on this mic or on the on the stand up mic or on a TV show. Who the fuck? knows i mean you can be so proficient and so perfect and do everything right and get exactly the response you want but still not garner the big following i don't Mm. know why Mm. i don't know what the fuck that is do you know what i mean and there are comics that sell millions of tickets that some people don't even know it's a weird thing yeah it is weird there's there's no it's not a meritocracy are are you happy with where your standard i've had to make certain acceptance about it i'm happy with my my standard career because some by some fucking virtue of i don't know what you know, when I started this podcast, I couldn't sell fucking tickets. And and then, like, with the podcast audience developing, they didn't know that I was a comic, huh. really. They knew I talked about it, but they would come out like, we should go support Mark. I'm like, this is actually the thing I know how to do. <laughs> exactly. This, you know? So over time, through one way or another, you know, just by and all because of this, the podcast and the timing of the thing, which was the first time in my life I had good cosmic timing, I did, you know, and it, it all happened on my terms, but I got opportunities and I was ready for them. So, you know, between the, the acting and the podcast and the stand up and this and that, I have an audience, but it, but it's not, you know, I'm not filling arenas, but mm-hmm. I can make a living. 
It's great. Yeah. It's great. So, so I've had to accept that I, because there, there's always some part of you, man, like as a comic and as somebody like us who are, you know, sort of fundamentally uh, a little insecure and think that we're entitled to more attention than who we Who isn't insecure? There are people that aren't insecure. There are. Insecure. Okay. There, so, but why do we always have to label comics insecure? Because a lot of us are. But I think in the world we're insecure. No, I get, well... Well, no, I get it. There, sure, there's insecure plumbers and there's insecure. Uh, but, but, uh, oh God! I, the way I snaked that toilet, or the oh God, yeah, but, I could have snaked the drain better. I, I, but I don't think. That's, Damn it! I, you know, Did you I don't, see the way Mark snakes the drain? I don't think that's true. He's I think such, I think they probably compete. he's in and out of the house in thirty I, minutes. I don't and, think it's task specific. <laughs> I, I think they're more insecure about like why am I'm I a not stupid plumber? <laughs> Damn it! God, I suck at plumbing. Why did I commit my life to this? God, I work so I hard. A, I have a boss. I work for a plumbing company. Well, a lot of them are their own guys, but I think they're more... Stupid and secure Yeah, plumber. exactly. But I don't think that's true. I think that, you know, unlike, you know, alcoholism or drug addiction, I think that's pervasive with mm-hmm. every type of person. Mm-hmm. But I think insecurity is is a fairly common component in in what fuels us to do what we do. So, you know, how you manage that or, and, and how yeah. bad it fucks you... Uh, you know, that's 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 half of your job. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Uh, I'm not denying I'm insecure. No, you know, I know. But I, I think it's more, you know, out there. I think oh. everybody's insecure. OK. Just well, where, where, how do you where I used do you to think it? that about bitterness, but I was wrong. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I spent a lot of my life thinking that people were as aggravated about the things I was aggravated about on an existential level yeah. that, you know, they just don't know it. And I'm here to introduce right. them to that. But a lot of times people are just looking at you going like, why is this guy so worked up about this? Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> yeah. like, you ever meet people and they're like seemingly happy in life yeah. and they have nothing? You're like they have nothing. Yeah, but they like, have so but much they, more than them. But they're ha- how, how do you they know what you happy? have? What do you have that you? They might have something you don't have. No, I've I've done a full audit. <laughs> no, but this is the issue. Yeah, is this assumption? And I and I I think I've done it, and I I may have more progress with it mm-hmm. than you do. That we understand or know you know what other people are thinking or that's for some reason our lives our stupid fucking lives where we can't manage a relationship we don't really have many friends we're insulated we've never had a fucking job we sit here around and look at the fucking world and write our stupid little jokes (laughs) assuming that we understand people it's a fallacy Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that have different priorities in their life and what you know determines whether or not their life is fulfilling and we're we're in our selfish dumb worlds where we're sitting around by ourselves trying to make it things work out we think we understand that so is it was it unhealthy for mark maron to go into this business no would you would your would you mentally uh, have been better served doing something else the, well you know orny that you know once if you've got this thing for real this bug mm-hmm. that you know there you you don't have other options right and you can't, no matter, even if you have these fantasies about like, well, maybe I could do this, maybe I could do that. There's just no way it's going to happen. So by the time I started this fucking podcast, I was like, you know, I'm looking at a life of, you know, if this, you know, right now, when I got on that mic, you know, after that second divorce, you know, from Mishnah and, you know, going broke and everything else that, like I knew that was a moment where I knew exactly who I was, is that at best, like, I can't sell tickets. So I'm looking at a life of plowing it out, you know, in, in B comedy rooms as an unknown headliner for life. Mm. That, or I'm going to put a fucking gun in my mouth. Mm. I don't have the courage for that. Okay, so, okay. I, like, so I had to accept, at some level, the limitations and, and the reality of what my life was. 
And and then I got on these mics and something clicked. Who the fuck knows? Cosmic, I don't know. I was lucky, but I, I have to assume it had to, something to do with talent. Mm. But I definitely knew at that moment, and I used to do a joke about it, that you know, at some point you get so far along where you're like, there's no plan B. There might not have ever been. Right. But you know, but there's that moment where you're sort of like, hey, if this doesn't work, I could I could always Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is nothing. Right. There's nothing. But also, don't undermine that you had the guts and the courage early on to expose yourself mm. at that level, which I I don't. I'm still the guy who, and I, I, I wish I wasn't, has to suck my s- stomach in for every picture mm. that has that concern. And I wish I could just get out there and just not care. And for you to have that courage when you turn the mic on, I think that's, oh, yeah. you know, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I still, like, I, I care. But, like, the thing is, is that eventually it's going to catch up with you. And no matter how much you care, you know, time will make a fool out of you. Right. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> quote. Yeah. <laughs> time is the uh, the great equalizer. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm still uncomfortable with, you know, how I look. I just, you know, I was walking around, you know, I'm I'm nuts you know, around all that stuff still. But like some part of me realizes like, I'm, I'm just not going to get these pictures right. <laughs> I'm never going to be happy with them. Right. But then there are some people like Philip Seymour Hoffman mm. who like, it's just so attractive how at home or at easy was with his appearance and his uh. look. And that to me is kind of cool too. Oh yeah, I envy, you know, people who are comfortably fat. Yeah. Do you ever think, like, if you and I had any charisma, uh, how far yeah. we would have gone? I, like, <laughs> I, I think we both have charisma, but I think we're a, a, a little, I think our problem is is a self-centeredness more than anything else. I don't think we're any more self-centered than anybody well, else this in this business. Well, this is your particular problem. You just said, you, 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 you've decided that everyone must be insecure and that now we're not, we're just as self-centered as everybody else. Well, I don't you think in these times, do you go on social media? It's all about me, 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 me. I get Everybody's it. Everybody's posting it. pictures. I, of themselves. It's all self-centered. Well, maybe, the whole maybe world that's, has become okay. self-centered. Maybe it's a wrong... We're just pioneers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look where it's gotten us. You're in a trailer talking to nobody. And <laughs> literally, I go. This is this is on the uh, the verge. I go. This is what crazy people do. They talk about news articles and uh, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But but here's the other. Maybe thing. it's not self centeredness. It's just it's just this weird assumption. I, I don't know what it is, but I understand what you're saying because like I used to do that a lot. Like I really believed when I was you know less uh, funny and more angry and on stage like at Luna and stuff that that I was speaking to something that everyone must experience. But you know. What man? There are people that well, are well adjusted. There are people that don't prioritize the things that we prioritize. There are people that don't get annoyed in the same way. But that even we do. even if you're talking about what? Here's a ruler in front of me, and you're you're at Luna, and you're so upset about the why is it only uh, twelve twelve inches? inches? Why yeah. isn't it twenty four? Okay. Right? They're gonna go. This guy's crazy. But that's the way I feel about X Y Z. Maybe. Maybe they stop at this guy's crazy, and I'll just laugh at him. No. Yes. Yes. I don't think that, so. Well, that—that's the realization I had. At some point, I realized that they might not be laughing with me, but if they're going to laugh at me, I'll take either one. I would have told you if that was going on. When you go, who are you today, Bob Dylan? I would screw you. They're uh-huh. laughing at you, Marin. Uh-huh. They're not laughing with you. Hey, I was laughing hey, at you with hey, your fucking hey, hat, Marin. Your <laughs> your your hacky ruler bit. Wow. <laughs> hey, so, whatever happened to Marin? with his ruler bit. Oh, yeah, he, was, he really worked that thing to the bone. Couldn't <laughs> yeah. get over it. Couldn't get over with it. God, can anybody find the quarter-inch mark? <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. So, what, so how do you find... 
you recovered from all that shit. I mean, like, you know, the the letdown or, or one, how did you know that things didn't pan out you after the movie? Fast. You know pretty fast. Mark, <laughs> yeah. I was playing uh, uh-huh. a theater in Baltimore uh-huh. opening for Seinfeld. So he took you on the road he took after me, Comedian. Yes, for a couple of gigs, and then he said that we were too similar, mm. our comedy. Yeah. So, but- you know, it couldn't have gone better. I did the show in Baltimore, and this yeah. is this is how long ago. By the way, for anybody who's wondering, this thing was shot in 1999 and came out in 2001. Mm. So this is a long 22 time. Year, 20 years ago. Yeah. 21 years. Yeah, hold on. Let me do the math on the ruler here. Okay. So <laughs> do you hate the ruler? No, Galva? no, you're good. So I, I get, I, um, I finish the show. Yeah. And the next day, I, I my parents came from Boston to see the show, uh-huh. and I go to um, the train station the next day, take the train back to- yeah. Uh, New York, and I go to the newsstand and yeah. I grab a newspaper from every major city San yeah. Francisco, New York, Boston, uh-huh. blah, blah, Atlanta. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm panned in every single one of those reviews. In fact, for the, for the movie. For the movie. In fact, like in a cruel way, like the Hollywood Reporter or Variety, the woman writing the review said that I was uh, bereft of humility and she was rooting for my failure. And I thought that's kind of like, un, you know, I'm an unknown, you know, guy who's just. I understand that it was that was cruel, but I, for some reason, that you know, that I think that was a feeling, yeah, that people had about how you were represented in there. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you for saying it that way, how I was represented. I, I do appreciate. Well, I mean, you've told me that you know you were in some ways, you know playing up to something so the bereft of humility i think that's a that's, I, I think that that is that is an issue well you know also when you have cameras in your face it, yeah. it gives you a little well, confidence you've, well you've got you've got humility now i sure do yeah and you know <laughs> okay so it happened quick it happened very quick and just sort of like the way the comp like they did a screening in new york city and i remember when it <sighs> got up like none of the comics wanted to talk to me and i go oh we might be in trouble here but i'm sitting next to seinfeld during the screening and he's like hit me in the ribs going i'm just like that i'm just like that and yet when you're talking yeah like uh, during the movie interesting interesting that he saw you as a kindred spirit younger version of him Hmm. and called me the most uh, the most honest person he's ever met huh Okay, so so none of the comics want to talk to you. I felt that way, and yeah. I could be again insecure and reading into it wrong. But no, I mean, but I also never felt like I fit in. Did you yeah. ever feel like I'm not the guy who's hanging out till three o'clock in the morning with the comics? I was going home or going out no, with friends. I hung and, out with people. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. So, so you're already a little isolated. Yeah, I'm yeah. A, uh, I went into comedy because I'm an outsider. Yeah, well, I, I always like the crew of outsiders. <laughs> I like to eat too, and I can't sleep that well. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to hang out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, and and how did your career go after that? It was bad. Mm. Bad. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get, I remember calling Jerry going, I'm, I'm, Ugh. first of all, I had a deal with CBS. Yeah, they development pull, deal. Yeah, they pulled out. And they pulled out after the movie? Yes, after the Montreal and the movie, yeah. Maybe the movie hadn't been out. They pulled out, and a six six figure deal. And yeah. then Warner Brothers gave me a deal. Yeah, but I don't think they really wanted to give me a deal. I think they it was sort of like a favor deal. 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe they did want to give him a was deal. Was that a six-figure one? Yeah, and it was late in the season, and mm. I barely got a writer. Nothing ever happened. I couldn't believe well, they I've paid me. I've had two of those. Yeah. yeah. Three so, of them. Four, I had a lot of those. Yeah, and I couldn't get booked on the road. There are yeah. some clubs. I'm not kidding. And maybe my information's wrong, but there are some clubs in this country that still will not book me because I'm difficult from comedian. Really? Yeah. And I'll tell you off the air one of them. But, I mean, I'm, you know, I've proven myself on the road. I'm not, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be working this long right. in this business if yeah. I was difficult. No, yeah. No, you just, you know, you, you just do the job. And you show up, you'll do the radio, you'll do everything. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like radio and, again, I, I, not to bring the podcast up again, but I run a lot of bits through the podcast. Sure. And they end up on stage. Yeah, me too. It's yeah. right. So, yeah, you'll be doing the roll-up bed. Yeah. The, no, you can have it. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna next time I'm in front of you, I'm closing with the ruler bit. You take the ruler bit. Yeah, yeah. I just got yeah. like that I got that fucking what I used a lotion with some sunblock in it and I got it in my own. Oh, that's um, the word. why don't they fix that? I don't know. Maybe that's an you know, write that down. It's a good premise. I used to do so, it. <laughs> I did, I did, I did. If you didn't shit on it, I was gonna go full on into it. I was going to get up. I was going to start screaming and stomping around. Did you around to the do room. it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're really attentive to the uh, minutia. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now you, you're you all right money-wise and uh, mm. not money-wise, but work-wise? Yeah. You do all right? I do all right. Good. Yeah. And do you talk to Jerry? No. Okay. I don't. I don't. Uh, and to put a, like a, a button on it, uh-huh. I, this will stay with me. And this will always be a source of pain in my life, this documentary. And it will be something that I feel like I've got to defend even when I don't have to defend it. Mm. Um, I, I don't, I don't, but I don't, I don't know. I've gone through this in my head several times. If at the end of the day, I regret doing it because it is such a large part of my identity now uh -huh. as a comedian, yeah. I can't imagine not having it. But if... If at the end I can see the the tally sheet and the column in comedian, sorry, the column not in comedian, I'd love to know where I would have ended up with and without it. Huh. I mean, we know with. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if you were allowed to evolve naturally, as opposed to be put in that position with that much attention, and it, you know, and 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 have no control over how you were sort of represented i wonder you know I, I i guess it's not helpful in any way to speculate i mean a large part of me feels like it's a gift that i was given this opportunity to be self-reflective and understand well that's i well that's uh that's good that's a good uh, good way to 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 handle it yeah i i just don't want to be one of those people that says oh i'm over it it's 20 years ago but it will be with me yeah you know yeah it's like these people that lose a limb yeah. early on in life <laughs> it's much similar <laughs> you lost your career's leg, My leg. I'm, i've been on one leg in comedy for now for 20 years yeah yeah what what's been the sustaining thing well it yeah. comes it comes back to that spreadsheet i was talking about yeah with did it help or didn't it help the documentary and there was there's an executive producer, the guy who created Criminal Minds on yeah. CBS, Jeff Davis, was creating a new show called Teen Wolf. Uh -huh. He saw the documentary, and one day he's driving down Melrose, and he yeah. sees my name on the marquee, and he said, I want to go see if that guy's even funny. I oh, saw really? The, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So he goes in, and he said- He knew you from the documentary? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So he goes in, and he goes, 
goes, I was blown away. He goes, I, I, I loved you. You, <laughs> yeah, were, yeah. you were you were really fun. And yeah. he kept coming back over and over again yeah. to see my show. And then when he wrote this new show, Teen Wolf, which was on MTV, yeah. he wrote the part of coach for me. Yeah. I never auditioned. I'm the only one that my agents, here's a good lesson for people. My agents sent me a script and they said, this starts shooting next week in Atlanta. This guy saw you on stage. He's a fan of yours. He thinks you'd be great for the coach. Yeah. I went down the street to the coffee shop. I read it and I said, but so often I read scripts, they yeah. don't make sense. This right. one made perfect. I go, I get it. Yeah. It's a well-written, this guy. And he wrote it for you. Well, he wrote that part for yeah. me, but I understood the whole show. Oh, good. It was like a nice love story of high school kids yeah. that turn into werewolves and kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> so so I said, I love it. I'll I'll take I'll accept the part. And my agent said, No, no, you don't he's not gonna just give you the part. You have to audition. So let me call the casting person yeah. and I'll tell them that you're free to audition. I said, Hold on. This is true. I said, You call Jeff Davis back, because he called yeah. my agent, and you say, Orny Adams will be in Atlanta next week to shoot the pilot. You don't offer me to audition. The minute I audition, I'm not getting the part. Yeah. The, the casting person is going to give it to one of their friends, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I got on this show, Teen Wolf. And what I loved about it was, for the first time, I wasn't doing my lines. Yeah. I had no responsibility. Yeah. I just show up. Yeah. And then the fans, unlike stand-up, which our fans can be very critical. Sure. They're, you know- They, they don't even know your stand-up, the fans from Teen Wolf. They- it's like you were saying with your podcast yeah. early on. Yeah. People didn't know you were a stand-up. They still don't know I'm a stand-up. Yeah. They still don't. <laughs> but do they come to the shows? No. Not enough of them. <laughs> I mean, they'll follow me. They're confused. Like, if they yeah. follow me on TikTok or yeah. Instagram, they're right. like, what's... Oh, I didn't know you did stand-up. But, so, uh, but how many episodes of the show has there been? We did a hundred. Oh, my God. Six seasons. What's it on? Now it's on Paramount Plus. It's been on Hulu. It's been on, I think Hulu. It's definitely been on Netflix. So this, you make money in your sweep for this. It's thing. a ma and it has nothing to do with me. It's a massive hit. Sure, I'm a side character, and really the success of my character is because of the writing. It really they wrote me. But in, you're in every episode. No, that's why I'm okay. a, a success because yeah. I, they knew to put me in just enough. Okay. I mean, I wish I was in more. So this has been going on for what, five, eight years? How yeah, many? and then we just shot a movie. It's really? A, there's a, a, tr a trilogy uh, that they're putting out. How's the, how big's the part? Good part? No, it's never good enough for me. No, it's great. It's great. You know, honestly, they brought back so many characters. Over six seasons, there were so many characters. Oh, so this is great. This is like a happy ending to everything. It's cool. It, what I, but you're making a living. Of course I am. I told you when the, the mics were off before we started this, I said, Mark, come on. We, we no, I know, right. but like, we you know, but like, right. I'm, I, I'm just thinking of the stand up and I, like, I, I knew you did this, Team Wolf, but it's like, it's a, that's a big, that's a living in show business. Yeah. I'm on a show that went six seasons. Yeah. That's rare. Yeah. And, and the, oh, fans, I feel better. The, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm still going to bust your ball. You can bust my ball. The fans are nothing but loving. These fans are the nicest. Uh, well, that's great. It's cool. I'm glad you landed on your feet. So, what, what about how many, what about this special? So, uh, I've had, I've had three, but I, I just put my latest yeah. on uh, YouTube. Is that that's all that you you self produced it and you put it up there? No, I didn't. It was on Showtime. Oh, it's okay. called More Than Loud. And you got it back? Yeah, I bought it back. Oh, good. That's what I recommend to everybody. Own the tapes. Remember, you you like when you study musicians. Yeah. Own the masters. Sure. I mean, I've got I've I, I get mine back. I've got a couple back. Like my, uh, but I don't know. Is the material still? Do, uh, you don't do anything timely. 
Well, no, but I mean, this is only this was this is only a few years okay, ago. Okay, all right. And you know, the, really, does a guy going crazy over little things ever get a hold? I no, don't know. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, the, I bet you my special that I did. I did one for more later. I did for Epics, and I got it back. Uh, so I think I have that one. I'm very, I'm very weird. Like I was telling you, I don't do many podcasts. Yeah, I just don't. I, I'm of the camp where you don't overshare. Yeah. And I own this special. I own three of my specials, and I've never put them out because I always, I always think, well, I'll get a deal with a streamer and I'll sell them these other specials. Sure. And my agent's that, like, just put it up on YouTube. Yeah, it's just over. Yeah. The the, the old style. Just get, you know, why not get it out there? See what happens. Right. But you're there. You're doing it still, and you're you're always funny, man. It was, and I'm glad we did this. Thanks for talking. I I agree. I mean, I feel like this was this was fun. Good. And I'm glad I wasn't set up. No, I'm not going to set you up. Are we going to be cool now? Are we? Yeah. Okay. All right, that was Orny Adams. Wow, shit, right? I feel bad, but I feel good we talked. He's at the Hollywood Improv this weekend, July 15th and 16th. His podcast is called What's Wrong with Orny Adams. Get that wherever you get podcasts. And uh, look, can will you hang out for a second? There's more, there's, there's more stuff. Just hang out. Listen, folks, if you're a full Marin subscriber on WTF Plus, we posted this visit uh, that I had with my dad in New Mexico last weekend. And I recorded me going through some stuff, some pictures and stuff. And it was really, it was really touching. Uh, but it's only available to you uh, full Marin subscriber people. But it, like here, I'll play a little bit for you. This is my dad. Uh, recognizing the dogs from his childhood. Do you remember this dog? Yep. You do? Penny. <laughs> when did you have that dog? Oh, uh, <laughs> don't know. But uh, I remember him. Penny, Penny, Penny. Look at this. Eleanor. That's your mom, right? Yep. How about this one? That's Grandma. Ida. Do you remember her? Yeah. Was she a nice lady? Yeah. Did she talk much? I don't remember her talking. <laughs> was Barney her husband? Yeah. Was he a character? I didn't know him. You didn't? He was dead already? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't remember him. I love this picture. It's Ben. Your dad? My dad. Looks good in that pic, huh? Yeah. You remember him talking much? Uh, yeah, more or less. Remember, the, it was this. Look at this picture. Were you? That was when you were a lifeguard. Keppel Park, probably. You're doing pretty good with this quiz of your life. <laughs> this is a dementia test. <laughs> That's the, the little dog. Oh. Penny? No, another one. Inky. Inky. <laughs> Crazy. He's got mild dementia, but like, you know, the love of an animal, transcendent, forever, eternal. So look, you can listen to that whole thing right now if you're subscribed. If you're not, go to the link in the episode description or click on WTF Plus at WTFPod.com. Okay, tomorrow and Saturday, I will be at Wise Guys in Las Vegas. That's July 15th and 16th. I'm bringing Esther Pavitsky with me. We're going to have fun. My dad's actually driving out 
from New Mexico with his wife to see some of those. Then I'm back at Dynasty Typewriter in L.A. for two shows, July 23rd and 24th. Saturday is sold out, but there are still some tickets for Sunday. I'll be at Just for Laughs in Montreal for my gala on uh, Saturday, July 30th, or my gala. Uh, I'll also be doing solo shows up there on July 28th and 29th. Then in August, folks, uh, August and September, I'll be in Columbus, Ohio, Indianapolis, Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky, Lincoln, Nebraska, Des Moines, Iowa, Iowa City, Iowa, Tucson, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, Boulder, Colorado, and Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Then in October, I'm in London, England, and Dublin, Ireland. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for all dates and ticket info. Okay. Okay. Um, so, all right, look, I got to go take some vitamins and I'm having an okay day. And I just got to say, if you can get an okay day in, if your balance between the micro and the macro is tolerable and one isn't fueling denial and the other one isn't fueling sort of self-annihilating depression, if you can just ride that line, you're doing all right, okay? You're doing all right. I don't know what to do, but I know that. You're doing all right. I'm gonna play some guitar. Monkey, La Fonda, cat angels everywhere.